thanks for joining us for another episode of the Appledore Research Podcast. My name is Robert Curran, Consulting Analyst with Appledore. As ever, we're here to share insights on the transformation of telecom in the era of cloud, network automation, and AI. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure to follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter. Now, enjoy the show. In the rankings for customer satisfaction by industry, telecom typically comes way down the list. But customer experience is one of those areas that telecom operators have spent huge sums of money on and they continue to invest in. So as an industry, are we getting better at customer experience? Or is customer experience in telecom just fundamentally different and therefore unfairly compared with hotels, airlines, retailers? What's next for CX in telecom? With me here today to discuss evolution of customer experience in telecom, I'm delighted to welcome Chad Donovan, Chief Strategy Officer at CSG. Welcome, Chad. Uh, Good to be here. Thanks for having me on today. Appreciate it. And welcoming back, John Abraham, Appledore's Principal Analyst for Digital Enablement. John, welcome back. Thank you, Robert. Great to be here. Chad, for those people who haven't heard of CSG or maybe have heard of them, but maybe in a different context, can you bring us up to speed with with what CSG are doing in this in this area and your own your own involvement in that? For those who may not be familiar with CSG, we deliver solutions that allow our customers to make it easier for people and businesses to connect with, use and pay for services they value most. Um, Our history is really steeped in providing billing solutions for cable and telco, but we've been making strategic investments to grow, adding capabilities, including payments, and most recently extending our CX offering to new verticals. Uh, We have over 5,500 employees throughout the world. Um, We're publicly traded on the NASDAQ stock exchange, and we've been in business really since uh, the early 90s, um, starting in in cable and moving into global telecom um, shortly thereafter. Um, I think the, a big differentiator for CSG in this space is that we are a product-based company providing purpose-driven SaaS platforms as part of our company's overall strategy. Um, that's pretty unique uh, in the software landscape within Telco, and I think that's an area that we continue to see um, um, continue to see interest in and helping us drive uh, drive opportunity. John, um, customer experience is. Uh... Is something that's as old as telecom itself, really. Why, why are we talking about it today? Before I get started on that question, let me just also add my welcome to Chad, uh, you know, who, apart from being a chief strategy officer, is also the chief product officer at CSG. And, and for those of you who have been tracking this company, um, you know, uh, they have undergone quite a significant change over the past two to three years, mainly through a series of acquisitions, uh, you know, which has positioned them quite strongly in the CX space, which is why it is quite exciting to have Chad on board with us today to talk about uh, things from his perspective as the head of products. Um, Okay, now back to that question, um, Robert. So CX is as old as telecoms, but within telecom, it is still relatively a new thing. Uh, I would say that it was really over the past decade or so that things uh, became quite, um, uh, CX became a high priority for telco, mainly because before that, the focus uh, was mostly on other aspects of the operations like network coverage or billing and so on. So uh, usually, you know, uh, CX sits within the BSS sphere. And I uh, like to say that um, People might call it as as if it's one system, BSS, but within BSS, you have 
One side is monetization and the other side is CX. And they have had completely different trajectories of investments and maturity, mainly because monetization has always been a priority for telcos, you know, going back two, three decades. Whereas it was only, I would say, especially post the iPhone and the emergence of the app economy, which drove a lot of interest into uh, self-service that the evolution of CX really started taking hold within the telecom industry. Um, COVID uh, was a, a big boost uh, in terms of how telcos uh, looked at self-service options. Uh, and, and since then, uh, there has also been other factors. I would say, uh, you know, things like changing customer habits, uh, customer behavior increasingly is being shaped by the experiences um, on digital native uh, or with the digital native service providers. Uh, and that is having an impact on what they expect from their service provider. Uh, there is also the issue of cost control. Um, Self-service uh, digital channels can be quite effective at controlling costs and at the same time improving the overall satisfaction for the end user. So all of these things have led to a large scale transformation, uh, both in strategy and go to market uh, for uh, CX in telcos. So, uh, yeah, so I think it's fair to say, uh, uh, as you said, it's as old as telcoms, but it Within telecom, it's still a, a relatively new thing to be happening. I guess as long as we've had customers, um, by definition, there's been some kind of experience to be to be managed. You painted a, a wide picture there, John. I, I'd like to turn to Chad. No, and- yeah, absolutely. And I think John mentioned it uh, kind of in his opening as well. I mean, CX has always been like a loose kind of um, extension of a lot of the BSS platforms that are out there today. Um, we sometimes talk about the northbound and the southbound. Um, ways in which monetization platforms can interact. You inter- interact with the customers or the businesses that are using the back office, you know, monetization platforms, and those back office monetization platforms then integrate directly with the networks. And so, as you think about, you know, kind of natural extensions to where CSG is traditionally played, which is a large um, scale provider of BSS solutions for the cable and telecom uh, market, um, CX has always been a natural extension for us, and. I can go way back to kind of our early days as a provider of uh, uh, back office uh, customer care and billing platforms for North American Cable. Um, we also delivered printed bills, right? And so one of the one of the ways you engage with customers, um, you know, early on was sending them a bill and how you compose that bill and how you message the bill, and um, that really grew into areas like IVRs and then uh, email platforms and then chat platforms. And so as we saw more and more of these channels um, start to evolve and engage with customers, uh, we, we saw a real need and a real opportunity um, to orchestrate those conversations in a much more meaningful way for end providers. And, and, and I think what we saw really happen in the telecom space, it became applicable to other industries. And so as CSG, you know, continue to grow our capabilities within CX. We branched out beyond telco, um, and we found some early adoption, early use cases in financial services and healthcare and others that we were then able to bring back um, into, you know, our telecom practice and really help differentiate CSG from a CX perspective. So that's kind of been our journey. Um, you know, we grew we grew CX really as an extension first and foremost of our traditional BSS platforms, uh, but then we saw it as a as a way to to extend and, and grow the company um, beyond just our traditional means. Yeah, interesting. Um, John referenced, you know, some of the, I guess, acceleration in in customer 
experiences, you know, through different devices and so on, uh, different devices, different channels. You know, it's not it's not all just through the through the monthly bill, <laughs> if you like. Yeah. Um, how, how has that changed kind of your approach in CSG and how you look at this? I mean, you, you mentioned kind of the customer is becoming a, a you know, differentiator kind of line of business in itself. But but within that, what's changed as things have become more varied, more complex for you as a provider here? Yeah, I, I'd say one one thing John didn't mention I think is important too is competition. Um, as competition has increased for um, how you consume services, where you can go to get content, et cetera, um, that competition drives the need for for deeper engagement with customers and and more CX because the the world is is more competitive and you have more choices as consumers. I also think that what's important to understand is customer expectations are driving this. If you go to an Apple store and have a really a good CX experience with a provider, in this case Apple, or you go online with a with a you know an over the top video provider, and that's the new expectation for a consumer. If a telecom or a cable operator is not moving in that same direction, there's there's a disadvantage. And so we also often think about the the key drivers and where this industry is going is based on customers' expectations. It's not enough now to have a single um, kind of point of engagement with a consumer once a month when their bills due, or to send them a delinquency notification, and and those expectations being done on their terms. In some cases, that may be through an outbound IVR. In some cases, it may be through SMS. In other cases, it may may be through embedded uh, chat systems. And that all has to be very personalized for each consumer, um, as and, and used as a differentiator for the brand itself. Yeah. So it's more more complex. More varied and, and more shaped by some of those other contexts that users are and customers are are, are just engaging in their daily lives. Uh, they all have a, a, a bearing on this. Is it different for for uh, consumers than enterprises? When we talk about customer experience from a personal point of view, that's very it's a very immediate thing. We've all you know had those experiences. Um, but can you can you talk to some of the differences between between what that means for a for a business, whether it's a small business or whether it's a multinational corporation, uh, versus a, a, a you know an individual consumer. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd point to two things. So there's certainly similarities in the way you want to personalize it, the way you want to engage across channels as, as events happen. Um, but B2B is generally more complex. Um, you know, we we talk about the complexity in the relationship, the complexity in the in the configuration of the services. You know, there may be a hierarchy of users within the enterprise that have to be engaged with. And as I think we start to even blend those lines between, you know, engaging with an actual human versus engaging with the device on the on the B2B side, things start to get even more complex. So think of an instance where you may have a connected device, the connected device goes down. I don't communicate with necessarily with the connected device. There's no one on the other line to pick up the phone. Mm-hmm. So if I need to, I need to engage with somebody to fix the device or schedule an appointment or or maybe even ship something out. Who is the person responsible for that connected mm-hmm. device and how do I how do I engage with them? So CX starts to get a little bit more complex as as that world um, you know starts to evolve. And I think on the back of 5G, where we're connecting lots and lots of things. Um, yeah. We have to think about CX and how it transcends not just the things we're connecting, um, but the people that may be responsible for those things um, on the back end. Yeah, yeah. So it's a, a multi-layered uh, yes. set of experiences. Um, John, I know you've been uh, tracking this market for a long time. Um, can you can you talk about how some of the some of the individual changes that Chad's referred to here have, have had an impact on the on the market landscape and, and what telcos have been been spending on over the years? 
Sure. Um, uh, so the customer experience market uh, roughly accounts for, um, I would say, anywhere between 14 to 15 billion dollars in annual spending by telcos. Uh, this includes, you know, all the products and uh, product related services and also professional services. And, and roughly the spending increases by anywhere between three to four percent. And that's before you include the substitution growth, you know, where older and more expensive GR systems are replaced by more cheaper systems. Um, so uh, altogether, as you can imagine, it's quite a significant chunk of money that telcos worldwide are pumping into the segment. Uh, now, I mentioned earlier uh, how within BSS, you know, we have two separate trajectories for monetization and CX. But within CX, there also we seem to have two different trajectories between B2C and B2B. And I, I think Chad just alluded to it just now in what he said. B2C, uh, I would say, is far better understood in terms of what telcos want, how they want to evolve their channel strategy, how they want to connect digitally with their customers. And, and although we are not quite there yet in terms of being um, compared with other digital native uh, companies, you know, in terms of how mature the engagement channels are, I, I think it's fair to say that there's still a, a good uh, amount of understanding of what needs to be done. Um, and 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 that's actually happening. It's a lot of it is underway right now. I would one point I will point out is that for many te telcos worldwide, changing the public perception of themselves as a company is is an important outcome of any of these uh, transformation projects. And um, and many of them believe that the best way to do that is to transform the customer experience through digitizing the self-care channels and so on. And I say that because that's where that's also a key factor why there's so much of activity in transformation of the B2C um, care and, and digitizing it and so on. And at the same time, we have B2B, which is grown and important, especially post the emergence of 5G uh, because of all the potential new monetization opportunities that, uh, you know, 5G enables on the B2B front. Uh, and the idea here is not so much as to provide uh, a better interface or, or anything of that kind, but rather it's about how do you automate it? How do you make it more efficient? How do you make your order management workflow far more smoother? And right now, the underlying systems are quite complex that it requires a fair degree of manual interventions. You know, sometimes you won't, you, you, you'll be surprised how many operators still rely on Excel sheets to fill in the gaps, you know, in, in, in their systems, especially when it comes to the B2B workflow. And that's where we see a lot of workers going on in terms of automating it, having a homogeneous concept to cash flow. Uh, and, and some of the things that um, Chad referred to is actually happening within that domain. So there is two different trajectories going on as we speak on the B2C side and B2B uh, side. And all the B2B is what roughly a fourth or less than that of the total B2B spend uh, or B2C spend rather. Uh, that's where we see a lot of discussions happening today, mainly because uh, telcos, for the most part, are still trying to understand what needs to be done. Whereas on the B2C uh, front, there is a far better understanding of what needs to be done. Yeah, I think, John, just maybe if I could add something there, John, I think it's yeah. really interesting. We did work. We work with an operator and you, you talk about this changing perception right. out there. And, and, and we're seeing operators actually launch new digital only brands or MVNOs. Um, and, and these new digital brands 
are really driven first by CX. So no call centers, all online, all automated, credit card only. Um, you know, and you start to see that kind of take root. And it's interesting when you go talk to the operators, you're not, you know, at least in, in CSG's experience, we're not selling the the critical capabilities maybe of a BSS stack. We're selling the critical capabilities of CX on customer journeys, on onboarding, on automation, on SIM card, you know, SIM card distribution or eSIM distribution. Like those are the things that are driving the conversation and the expectation is billing will support what we need to do. So I think that's that's a pretty big paradigm shift in the B2C sector that we're seeing um, take root. Now, how long will it kind of get back to mainstream? But I think the fact that these uh, a lot of these big big telcos right now are are testing these new use cases is, uh, is interesting. Great. Chad, maybe this is a good time to bring up uh, customer journey orchestration. Um, CSG made an acquisition some time ago, and by virtue of that, you know, you became quite a big vendor in that space overnight, literally, uh, right? Uh, and yet uh, it is not a fairly well understood term within telco. I think it's re- better understood outside of telco, yet the concept customer journey orchestration applies as much, if not more, for telco than any other vertical. Uh, do you want to talk a bit about that and what that what you're trying to do through that, Chad? Sure. Yeah. So the acquisition we made uh, effectively in uh, in the end of 2021 uh, was from a company called Kitewheel. Um, Kitewheel was a was a, a market leader in journey orchestration and journey analytics, um, and it, it was a it was a you know, a, a nice fit for CSG's portfolio as we thought about some of the business challenges facing the industry. I mean, Kitewheel was not a, a telecom only provider. They had some telecom clients, but they were really focused on other verticals and, and solving some of the biggest biggest problems faced in both retail, healthcare, financial services, and other. Um, yeah, I'll put my product hat on for a second and not, not my strategy hat. When I think about the, the business challenges that we were seeing within our own products, um, was was really was was being faced by the industry one where the, the the customer experience the customer engagement channels kind of grew up as technology grew up so you might have implemented an IVR platform when you wanted inbound and outbound um, voice voice engagement with customers you in, then you implemented an email platform then you in, in, um, um, implemented a, a chat platform and and all of those platforms are kind of managed unique um, from one another which means if I want to engage with John, I'm going to send him maybe a, an outbound IVR call and an outbound email. And those two channels are managed maybe by two different teams. They're managed by two different input variables. They're managed by different transactional systems. And there's no orchestration across that engagement. And so really what we wanted to do was bring really a layer above the channels themselves uh, to help orchestrate the conversations on a personalized level. So we know that when an event tr- when an event triggers, it doesn't go to the channel specifically. It goes into the orchestration platform, and we know en- enough about John, his profile, um, how he wants to be engaged, that we can then direct the conversation. And so that becomes the layer of truth really across the channels, and then we we engage the channels um, as they're intended based on John's uh, profile and 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 persona. So that's really what we're bringing to market. And again, I think we're, we're seeing this across the landscape where a lot of um, brands are, are challenged with this problem of trying to engage customers on their terms um, and, and manage and manage those channels accordingly. Great, great. So, so in a way, what customer journey orchestration does is it coordinates uh, customer experiences across channels in real time so that the operator has a better understanding of 
any friction or how good the experience is and so on and respond to that. And, 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 right. look, and I think, and John, really quick, the other, the other thing that I think we've learned is we've built now, um, we've built journeys. So an onboarding journey or a delinquency journey or an upgrade journey or a billing journey that become very specific to these industries. There, there are nuances in telecom that aren't, that are not applicable to financial services. And so by building those templates and those journeys, we can walk into an operator and say, hey, we have proof points from peers in the industry that have implemented some of these things in reduction in call handle time or, 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 or you know, increases in, in customer SAT scores um, based on how these journeys are implemented. So we're really trying to get uh, coordinated on what those templates look like for, for our prioritized verticals. Um, and I think telecom is one of those that um, we'll continue to see See, see good success in. Great, great. Uh, I would also like to ask you about um, B2B, uh, you know, where you uh, made an acquisition of a company called Digit, uh, mainly for its, uh, you know, CPQ and related assets. Uh, and one of the points that has come up in our previous conversations, Chad, is, uh, is not is about how important it is to not just offer some sort of a CPQ engine or maybe B2B concept to cash capability, but the level of complexity these things need to support, you know, which is on a completely different level than if you were to look outside of telco, because CPQ by itself is a new, not a new technology. It's been around for at least a decade, actually more than that. Uh, but when it comes to telco, the level of complexity, the level of requirements, you know, especially say for a multi-site deployment, uh, you know, and so on, it's, it's completely on another level. Um, and maybe you have something to speak to that, how that's actually evolving and the type of conversations you are having in the light of that with your telco customers, Chad. Yeah, again, I'll go back to the problem statement. I mean, we saw this in our own billing implementations. We do a number of billing implementations for large B2B operators. Um, we're doing a number of transformations on the B2B front now. And in all cases, we saw a generic CPQ um, chosen and, and the challenges a lot of those vendors had in, in satisfying the requirements of the telecom um, industry. And so we, we really saw a little bit of what we saw some white space here on trying to solve a need for telco, very specifically a need for telco within B2B and all the complexities you just mentioned. This is still a very manual process. You know, if you're looking to um, to, to uh, wire up a new um, a new building, for example, you probably call the your, your telecom operator, you engage with the salesperson, you let them know what you're looking for. They spend a couple of days, you know, working on, on a quote, they'll email that back for you. There's a negotiation period. Um, you may add or remove services to that quote. It's it's just a very manual process. And so, you know, as we think about um, the next battleground for t for telcos in B two B on the back of their five G investment, the need to automate that process, the the ability for um, a, a business owner to go onto a website and select from a menu of services and to get a real time quote back, that has to be a reality because we go back to those expectations. We talk about on the consumer side, businesses are no different. Their expectations are that those are going to be automated and that there's going to be a there's going to be a website they can go to, there's going to be a tool they can log into to, to, yeah. to upgrade services. And it all starts with um, bringing those catalogs to the forefront uh, so so the, the services can be exposed, but then can be provisioned on the back end. And I think that's where a lot of these these platforms were built to enable those catalogs of services to be exposed. But the complexities of how you then provision the network um, and, and the various aspects of, of the order management side of this in telco 
um, was was something that a lot of these vendors just weren't well versed in. Yeah, that's uh, it's interesting. You, you're you're referencing a, a certain kind of trajectory there. You know, there was a a time in the past when uh, people were were desperate to speak to a human, uh, <laughs> and now it's almost like talking to a human is the last thing I want to do. I want I want I want this online and through through a portal. I think it's an interesting interesting transition. It does take me into you know the, the the topic of the of the year already, which is the you know the application of more artificial intelligence. I know that stands for a bunch of you know many many different things. But um, interested in in you know you're you're right in the front line of uh, of seeing you know what what interactions are taking place, uh, what customers want, what their customers want. Um, I mean, how do you position your use of AI, and how do you think that's going to pan out in the future. Yeah, maybe I'll separate AI from the large large language models that have been introduced in the last six months, um, kind of to the mainstream. Um, when we've leveraged AI in a number of our products for years, uh, we've got um, AI models built into our um, offer management platform so we can, we can predict the, the best offer to present to a customer. We've got AI built into our field service management technologies to help technicians troubleshoot uh, um, troubleshoot and, 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 and manage installations in a more efficient manner. Um, we have AI even built into our uh, print mail facilities on how to engage with customers um, better through composition and design of a statement. So we've been using AI within our products and I think really effectively. I think what LLM, the large language models have done is take um, a lot of the complexity in, in those products that I just mentioned and, and leveraging these large language models then to apply to specific industries and specific use cases in a, in a much different way. So I'll take inbound IVR and inbound chat as a specific example. I think LLM is going to have a massive um, shift in how we as consumers or, or businesses engage with uh, the companies that they're buying services from. Um, I think, again, us training in IVR through, you know, a, a natural language processor or you know, really a step function in the IVR, that's that's forever changed. You can be able to throw a large language model um, at an IVR use case or at a chat use case that just is very different. Now, I do think these LLMs have to be trained for telecom. They can't, we can't just take chat GPT, for example, off the shelf and, and throw it into a, a chat channel and hope it works. Um, I think you're going to get a lot of false positives in those conversations. Um, but you're, I think people, and we're seeing companies now do this, including CSG, um, start to take these large language models, but then train them for the types of conversations that are most relevant for, for telecom and cable um, operators throughout the world, and then let those large language models handle a lot of those inbound and outbound conversations. Now, you can then apply journeys on top of those models to ensure that you're engaging with customers across the right channels at the right time um, and at the right point of inflection. Um, and I, and I think LLM is something we'll, we'll continue to leverage in, in those, in those tool sets as well. Great. So there's plenty of, plenty of room left for innovation in the, in the CX area by the sound of things. I would agree. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, I think we're just about over our, over our allotted time here. Chad, it's been great talking with you. Uh, and John, thanks very much. Great insights on on what's next in, in CX. Appreciate your time today, gentlemen. Yeah, Robert and John, I appreciate it as well. And uh, yeah, look forward to future conversations on this topic. Very good, very good. You have been listening to the Apple Door Research Podcast. 
Join us next time for more insights and conversation on the transformation of talent.